Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by Hagen Oaks, America's most awarded golf facility, and Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome to the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports, 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa. He is Scott Marsh, and uh, we have another great uh, program schedule for you tonight. Scott, pretty exciting to have Annika Sorenstam on the show tonight. I just can't wait to talk to her. And, of course, we always can't wait to talk to Ken Morton as well. Ken Morton Jr. from uh, from Hagen Oaks is going to talk about Auto, the uh, autonomous ball fitting from uh, Bridgestone that will be at Hagen Oaks next week. But uh, Annika is going to be in town to be honored by the uh, the Langley uh, at Pebble Beach next week, and I will be down there and have a chance to interview her there on video as well. I mean, it's like talking to the Michael Jordan of basketball or a Babe Ruth or or something equivalent like that. You just don't get any better. I just I can't wait to. To, to have this interview well i'll tell you what let's not uh, wait too much time talking about it let's uh let's take a, a break here we'll come back with ken morton and after that we'll come back with annika sorenstam on the golf to go radio hour sacktown sports 11 40 it's the golf to go hour with frank Larosa. you are listening to the golf to go radio hour on sacktown sports 11 40 hi i'm frank Larosa, welcoming in mr ken morton jr Ken is the director of retail at the Hagen Oaks Golf Complex and has been for many, many years. If you want to know anything about the world of golf uh, and you can't find his dad, <laughs> Ken Jr. is certainly the guy to talk to. Hi, Ken. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thanks. So you've got a uh, kind of a special event coming uh, next week, I guess it is, huh? We do. So uh, back in January at the PJ Merchandise Show, um, Bridgestone Golf, which is one of the major worldwide golf ball manufacturers, came up with a brand new golf ball fitting tool called Auto, and it's O-T-T-O, and it's the uh, first autonomous golf ball fitting system that uh, it looks like if anybody's familiar with Star Wars, it looks like a little R2-D2 unit. It's, it's about waist high um, and is this cute little machine that has tons of technology in it. And they're at the show for industry people and for uh, their tour pros and for golf professionals. They had this system set up and it's really, really cool. Uh, you actually step up to it and you plug in a couple different uh, pieces of information specifically about your game and your likes and interests in golf ball, whether you like a harder feeling golf ball or a softer feeling golf ball and how important spin is to you. And again, some of your own personal preferences on what you're looking for in performance with a golf ball. And then you actually hit three drives uh, out in front of this uh, little machine and it has all this unique tech in it and has uh, a, uh, a, uh, launch monitor built into it that gives us pages of data with each shot and then based on those three shots and you can throw some out if you hit one squirrely or sideways um, it actually recommends one of of the Bridgestone golf balls in their product life category that is the best one for you that's that's pretty amazing that uh, after three shots, this machine is is going to you know be able to tell you which golf ball. But when you think of the technology and computers and all of the things that uh, that the software uh, developers have done, I, you, I suppose you can understand that how that would work. Yeah, and so there at the show, I uh, thought it was wicked cool and told them that if anyone in California got this machine before us, I was going to be really upset. 
And so uh, their, uh, uh, their CEO promised that we'd be the first one and he was a man of his word. And so next week, uh, we get auto, we're going to have it for an entire week. And um, so from the 22nd through the 29th, and we're going to uh, uh, teach all of our golf professionals how to use it and set it up for complimentary fittings uh, the whole week long. And so golfers will be able to uh, either call us or stop into the super shop and make an appointment. Uh, we're going to do them on rolling 15 minute windows and uh, actually be able to go hit on auto, just like the PGA Tour plays. It's the exact same machine that they're taking out on tour. Uh, and they'll actually be able to learn which of the Bridgestone golf balls best match their game. You know, and there are there, there really are just a handful of these machines uh, that they've they've made, correct? Yeah. So back in Orlando, there was only two. I think they might have four now. Um, and their goal is to really uh, continue to build this. Uh, Bridgestone has been a really big advocate of ball fitting for a long time. In fact, over the last uh, decade, they've done over 3 million ball fittings worldwide. And so all of that data is in auto. They, you know, all of that, all those recommendations, all those hitting profiles uh, are all now uh, downloaded into that. And so um, it's, it's, I think, a really scientific process. You would think, you know, what, how can three shots do it? Again, there's, three million fittings in behind it. And so they're, they've done a really nice job with this. You know, um, the, uh, the opportunity to, to try something new is always kind of fun. And uh, so just, you know, for that, if nothing else, to, to, to see what, uh, you know, what this amazing little uh, machine tells you back, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and buy the Bridgestone golf ball. um, But, um, if, if, if you take for, for, um, you know, some amount of respect of what the machine is telling you, well, the notion is that it possibly will improve your game. And so why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. And again, if you're, you know, obviously they're promoting Bridgestone golf balls, but you know, for us, it helps kind of narrow down the family of golf ball that might be best for you. So if it recommends an E12 contact golf ball, well, that's a three-piece, fairly low compression golf ball. If you, you know, if you're someone who likes sampling different balls and different manufacturers, now you know to kind of go find those like golf balls from other manufacturers. And uh, same thing with the Tour B family. I mean, they have five different uh, Tour B golf balls, which is kind of their urethane, their Pro V1 golf ball. Um, and whether it be a low compression golf ball or a high trajectory golf ball, you know, all of that knowledge now it, you can take and apply towards, you know, the Bridgestone balls, but just the ball category in general so that you know that you're playing a, a type of construction that probably best uh, mas- matches your golf ball game. Yeah, I think it's important that we learn to trust the process, too, because I, I, I kind of put choosing the right golf ball, maybe in the same vein as choosing the right tee to play from. You know, we many of us want to play from a, a farther tee than we probably should be doing. Um, you know, I mean, go ahead. You know, the game is going to be longer. It's probably going to be a little more frustrating and difficult. The notion of moving up a tee always kind of, you know, you learn how to make some birdies and some pars. But with golf balls, it's Again, almost the same thing. It's it's it should not be an ego thing that I want to play this particular golf ball because all my friends do. But you want to play a a ball that that's going to help you with your game. 
Yeah, most certainly, you know, for, you know, in, in a lot of cases, this is not going to recommend the most expensive ball or the highest performance or the most tour uh, oriented golf ball. Um, there's a lot of golfers out there that aren't putting enough spin on the ball to uh, necessitate a high spin urethane golf ball that they're actually going to be better served with something that's more uh, Surlin oriented, uh, like a two piece distance or a three piece uh, tour golf ball. Um, that you know they're going to hit it farther and generate just as much feel and spin as they would with a really high end fifty dollar dozen golf ball. And then there's the notion you can uh, you can tell your friends you've discovered a golf ball that fits you perfectly. <laughs> there you go. It, uh, it always is good to look smarter around your friends, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and someday I'm going to do that. Tell, <laughs> tell us, tell us again the dates and and how um, how we make a reservation to do so. Yeah. So uh, you just call nine one six eight zero eight two five three one. That goes straight to our golf concierge, and let them know that you would like to schedule a golf ball fitting on the Bridgestone Auto, and they will go ahead and get you set up. We'll have it available from. Uh, the 22nd of August through the 29th of August. And then we're sending it off down to Southern California. And there's no charge for this. No charge for this. We're, uh, our goal is to try to hopefully uh, fit and uh, better the games of as many golfers as we can through the course of the week. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Uh, Otto, I got to get out and try it myself. You know, there's, there's always something going on at Hagen Oaks and, and uh, here as we get to uh, you know, sort of the the, the end of, of summer and, and, you know, begin to move into fall. It brings the notion of uh, golf and guitars to mind. Uh, and, and I know that uh, this is a, you know, this is a, a, an event that is so dear and near and dear to your heart. You have uh, one foot in country music and the other foot in golf, and you've been able to, um, you know, to combine both of your favorite worlds and and uh, have a great time and raise some money for some charities. This is what, the 13th, 14th year for this event? This is number 14 for us, yeah. Uh, and that's coming up when? So October 17th and 18th are our dates this year. Uh, we Last year, we, uh, due to COVID and some other conflicts, we moved from our traditional May date. So this will be our second uh, fall date of this event. Um, and... Uh, uh, we get to do it with KNCI, which is uh, Sacktown Sports uh, sister station, and they've been a partner from day one. Uh, Pat and Tom over there have been our MCs from day one, and we're we're so appreciative of their uh, their partnership over all this time. Couldn't do it without them. Um, but uh, day one is a big singer songwriter showcase. We have uh, songwriters uh, from Nashville come in and uh, play uh, to all of the golfers that are playing in the event and our VIP ticket holders. Um, and then day two is a uh, big pro-am golf tournament that all of the artists play in on Tuesday morning, the 18th. It's actually free to come watch. So um, it's a lot of fun. You can come get autographs and hang out at the golf course the whole day long. And then that night we have a huge concert underneath the uh, golf course sky. We put a big stage on hole number 17 on the McKenzie golf course and get a few thousand people out to uh, share four to five hours worth of country music. And it's lots of fun. Uh, all of the net proceeds uh, go to charity. 
Uh, we passed the $1.5 million raised uh, number last year. Remarkable. And um, it's uh, a lot of it goes to through our Morton Golf Foundation, which funds all these amazing programs in town, including uh, Swing Club for the Blind, uh, California Eagles, which is the very first uh, and largest Special Olympics golf program in the country. Um, we have scholarship programs and golf grant programs and programs for vets and the, the list just goes on and on and on. I am not privileged yet to say who our lineup is. Uh, it's still under wraps. That'll probably get unwrapped here in the next week or two, though, but it's going to be uh, lots of fun. I can say we have a really unique female spin this year, which I'm really excited about. You know, you uh, you you spoke about the pro-am, and you really mean celebrity-am, and and that that's a distinct difference because all of the um, all of the performers um, from uh, from the second night concert actually play with uh, you know with the people in this golf tournament. So that's that's a it's a unique experience and one that people want to come back to year after year. Yeah, what's fun is that we actually divvy up a pool of the fundraising money um, for a purse for all of the artists. So when they sign in to, for play that morning, they're actually giving us a children's charity of their choice. And we uh, set aside $35,000 for a purse uh, that they're all playing on the quest of their charity of choice. And so uh, there's lots of St. Jude's and tons of children's hospitals and um, all of these uh, small charities uh, from their hometowns from across the United States. And so uh, at the end of the night up on the main stage, we're presenting these big oversized checks that might be anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000 down to two dollars or $3,000. Uh, that they get to take home and present to their local children's charities. And um, I can tell you that uh, the feel-good uh, resources expand way past Sacramento on this event as well. Um, the, uh, we, we get feedback every year from, you know, these small mom-and-pop charities that, you know, five ten thousand dollars $10,000 is the difference between whether they exist or not, and they're doing really cool things across the country. So uh, it's a really special piece to the event. You guys are doing really cool things at Hagen Oaks as well. Ken Morton, Jr., Director of Retail, um, Golf and Guitars uh, coming up in October, and of course, next week, <laughs> make a reservation and and go see Otto. That's O-T-T-O, Otto, and find out the golf ball that best fits your game. Kenny, thank you so much uh, for being with us. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. We are back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Welcome back to the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa along with Scott Marsh, and uh, we are both very, very excited to welcome our special guest, Annika Sorenstam, who is regarded as one of the best, well, she is the best uh, ever female golfer in history. And, um, you know, to, to have her on the show, it's, it's, it's really exciting. Good, good morning, Annika. Thanks for being with us. Oh, good morning. Glad to be here. You know, uh, you're going to be uh, coming out to, uh, to California um, next week uh, to be honored at the Langley, which is a, um, uh, a fundraiser named after Jim Langley, the 34-year head golf professional, uh, past head golf professional at Cypress Point, and um, you know you uh, you joined uh, quite a quite an incredible list of folks that have been honored: uh, Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, Casper, Tom Watson. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And this year, it's Annika Sorenstam, and and uh, 
So we're really excited to have you as a guest and, um, and hope you feel the same way about uh, being involved in, in that group. I do. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's quite the honor. And uh, like you said, if you look at the previous uh, uh, recipients, it's quite, quite the list. And, uh, you know, that area is such a beautiful place. Look forward to coming out and celebrating. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard, hard to find a prettier spot than Pebble Beach. <laughs> yes, uh, if you like water, golf, and food, and wine, and just, uh, you know, it's just, it's got everything. So uh, it's one of the, you know, the uh, heaven on earth. You know, um, I, I, you, you've heard all of this before, and I'm, I'm going to take just a moment to, to kind of uh, acquaint people with a, a bit about your background. But before stepping away from, from competitive golf in 2008, you had amassed uh, 90 international tournament victories the most in history. You won 72 official LPGA tournaments and 10 majors. You were eight-time player of the year and uh, the only female golfer to shoot 59 in competition, uh, eight-time Solheim Cup competitor, and you captained the uh, European team in 2017. First woman to play in a PGA Tour event since 1945. Uh, you received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I mean, the, the accomplishments go on and on and on. And, and, you know, that's just kind of a thumbnail. But, you know, for, for us, you know, it's just it, it's, it's incredibly overwhelming to, uh, you know, to, to kind of look at all of those things and, and think what, a, what an incredible career you had. Do, do you ever have that wow moment where you go, that was, that was really something? Or, or, or are, you, are you able to take the time as a competitor to kind of think about those things. Well, thank you very much for, for that. And um, no, I mean, it's sometimes I do, I do have to pinch myself. I, you know, I started out playing this game as it was just a, a hobby of mine. And, and as you know, then I make it, um, you know, a, um, a lifetime or a career out of it. So it's, uh, you know, no, I mean, I feel obviously very fortunate to be able to do something I enjoy so much and, and just kind of living my dream. So it's, uh, you know, everything has it. Maybe it sinks out at different moments of, of my life, different times, different places, and so forth. But um, of course, I'm very proud and and honored to be, you know, to receive some of these accolades, but also some of the achievements that I've um, achieved on the golf course. You know, you 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 sort of alluded to starting off as 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 a hobby. I, I guess you was it your parents that that joined a, a golf club, and and you and your sister Charlotta just kind of came along. Um, yeah, I mean, they joined the club, you know, literally, my, my mom says that she actually she takes credit on my success because she was pregnant with me when she started to play golf. And <laughs> so she said I could feel the rhythm way before I was born. So, you know, they've been playing this game for a long time. And so we were introduced again early to it. And, and it, you know, it's interesting because in here, you know, 50 years later or something, my dad is still playing quite a bit. My mom is not as much, but. As you can imagine, golf has been a big part of our lives. As a youngster, you played all kinds of sports, though, as well, and, and, were, and were accomplished in other sports. I did. I grew up uh, playing a lot of sports. I love sports. I think that was probably my thing. You know, downhill skiing, I think, as a Swede, you, you have to ski. <laughs> um, and then, you know, played soccer. I played, I mean, everything with the ball I played. And it was very competitive in tennis for many years. And then, you know, golf was there, but I wasn't really hooked on it early on. I thought it was 
you know, sport for older people. It was slow. I wanted more action and so forth. But the more I started to play, I realized that I was wrong. <laughs> and that's not what the sport is about. So luckily, I picked it up a little bit more seriously at the age of 12. And and then um, didn't take many years until I stopped all the other sports and only wanted to focus on golf. You know, when, when you uh, uh, began your amateur career, obviously, you... you um... You know, you you played there in Sweden, and you played in tournaments, and so on and so forth. And you you ended up with a scholarship uh, to Arizona. That that's got to be kind of a kind of a culture shock to go from the weather in Sweden to the weather in Arizona. What was that like? Yes, you're absolutely right. It it was um, because I arrived in August. So you know, you can imagine Tucson in August. It's um, it's it's pretty hot you know it was dry heat and i remember arriving and landing and it was it was lightning but no rain you know i, I just thought that was strange um but uh yeah it was quite uh, quite the shock but what was good about it, i could play golf all year round you know in sweden i was um you know, when the fall came or maybe more, you know, October, November, we couldn't really play golf outside and, and we couldn't play for, you know, six, seven months. And so for me to go to Arizona where the courses were just perfect shape and, you know what I mean? And weather was, you know, a little hot, but later it was just beautiful and tremendous golf courses. It was, I think that's really where I started to blossom. I got to play every day and I was even more motivated and it was excited to be out to practice. Yeah, that that uh, that was the beginning of uh, of this incredible career that you've had. Um, who, who did you have heroes growing up? I mean, the the, the women that came before you, um, you know, who, who who were the ones that kind of inspired you? Yeah, I mean, I, growing up in Sweden, I would say first first of all, I was Bjorn Borg. I mean, he played tennis. You know, he was as you know, the big competitor or rival to John McEnroe. And I played tennis, so I did everything he did. And, and I thought that would help my career. Just unfortunately, my backhand, or maybe I should said, fortunately, my backhand was not very good. Um, but, you know, so I looked up to him quite a bit because he was a national hero and just, you know, he did a lot of things right at the time. And, and you know, we didn't have the social media as we do now. I mean, women's golf was not really on TV. I watched some, you know, men's European golf. And at that time it was Ballesteros, you know, Nick Faldo, um, you know, Bernard Langer. I mean, it was men's golf. And, and at that time, I mean, as you know, there was really no women's golf clubs. There was certainly no women's clothing. It was just not, it wasn't tailored to women, uh, which, you know, when you start thinking about it, it's like, I mean, I know I, I'm 50, but still that, that's not long ago that it really wasn't tailored for women. And then we started to see some magazines and I would start to see the LPGA a little bit. And obviously I'd heard of Nancy Lopez, but it was mostly, you know, Anna Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, because they were on every cover, you know, Tom Watson. Um, it wasn't until I really came, you know, to the U.S. in 1990 uh, that I started to see LPGA a little bit. We have um, Lisa Lutt-Norman is, is a Swedish player. She won the U.S. Open in 1988. And I remember reading in Swedish magazines about her and thought this was really cool. Um, you know, then there was somebody closer to you. I didn't really know her, but I was, you know, kind of a fellow countrywoman. And that's when it started to, you know, the seed started to think, you know, maybe this is something I can do. And, and when the LPJ came to Tucson one year to play, I remember you know, being out there on the range, just watching and observing and just being in awe of these LPJ players. I thought, you know what? I, I would love to do this one day. 
You know, you um, you, you mentioned uh, Nancy Lopez, and and it, there's a if, if if our listeners have not have not seen the uh, the documentary that the Golf Channel did, um, I think it was the Golf Channel uh, called Becoming Annika. I, I would certainly recommend you go do that. But but you you mentioned Nancy as looking up to Nancy and 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 women like uh well people just all p- people men and women um like nancy like julie inkster you know just glowing um uh comments about you and your career and what you've done for not only for women's golf but but for women in general as you say you know that not so many years ago <laughs> there was no focus on women's golf but you you've certainly had your part in changing that Yeah, it's nice to see. Uh, I mean, as we know, it, it's a it's a sport for everyone. You know, gen- different genders, different age, different skill level. That's the beauty of this game. I mean, it's a game for life, and it's nice to see. I mean, I remember in college. I mean, a lot of times we were wearing men's small or men's extra small shirts. That's all that was out there. So you know, we really come a long way, and you know. With you know, equipment manufacturers like Callaway that, you know, design started with women. And it wasn't just cut down clubs with a pink grip. I mean, it sounds funny, but that's really what it was in the beginning. And it's, so it's become more tailored to women. And, and of course, now the LPGA is doing, you know, great and the coverage and, you know, started, you know, with, with trailblazers like, you know, the Nancy's and, um, you know, Lopez and Jen Stevenson. I mean, they created, you know, some buzz and some excitement. So it's been uh, nice to see kind of the, you know, the revolution of it. And it's become very global and which I, which I, you know, I'm a fan of. I think it's fun to be able to turn on something and see, you know, I remember when I played, I, you know, one of my rivals was, you know, Kari Webb from Australia. Uh, the other rival I had was Seri Park from South Korea. And then, of course, Lorena Ochoa towards the end of my career from Mexico. And, and here I was, you know, a Swede, but living in the U.S. and living a dream. And I mean, I think it's just a, quite the story, inspirational story to anybody who wants to take their, you know, their passion and, you know, live their dream. Scott, I know you were talking about uh, having seen the uh, the documentary "Becoming Annika," and uh, and here she is with us today. That's pretty exciting. It's awesome, Annika. Thanks for joining us. We greatly appreciate this. This is a, a real privilege for both of us. Um, you know, you, you talk about just the the growth of the game of of women's golf and just you know women's sports in general. I just finished reading uh, Pat Summit's autobiography, the late great coach at the University of Tennessee, the all time winningest coach in college history. And you know, I had the opportunity a few years back to interview Billie Jean King, and you just talk about the growth of of women's sports overall and how it is involved in with Title IX and a lot of the collegiate sports. And uh, I'm sure that's something that you've got to be very proud of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's come a long ways. And I mean, uh, just talking about the Becoming Annika, I think they did a really good job there. Um, I don't know if you know, but it was seven women on the Russian team, only female crew to put it together. And um, Hilary Swank was the, um, you know, the narrator. So it was really, I was, you know, very proud of, of that. And I think it portrayed my story quite well. And, but, you know, it's interesting, you mentioned, you know, Pat Summit and some, you know, some other trailblazers have done so much for women, women's sport in general. And nice to see that some of it is, you know, kind of moving into golf and, and that we're, I wouldn't say break, 
breaking barriers, but we're, you know, making some good strides and continue to make an impact in young girls' life. And I think, you know, growing up, I, you know, having role models, I think that was one of the first questions. And, you know, I think it makes a difference if you can have role models that are, you know, similar to you so that it's, you know, that you can really feel like there's, you know, hope and dreams out there. And, and um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I think sport is, brings people together, but it also helps people, you know, take it to the next level and, and push themselves to achieve things that they maybe thought they never could. Yeah, for sure. And certainly with golf, uh, you know, the women playing is the, the growth area in the game right now. And, uh, you know, like I had the, the great fortune of covering you back in the 90s when the LPGA had an event here um, in Sacramento where we're broadcasting from. And I remember standing close to the tee. It, uh, it was 12 Bridges Golf Course at the time. It's now Cata Madera. But I remember sitting there and watching you swing and, and, and thinking this is the most beautiful golf swing, the most pure golf swing I've ever seen, male or, or female. And so I'm curious because obviously you've put a, a lifetime of, of incredible hard work into your craft. But at the, at the essence of it, how much of your swing has always been just pure natural talent versus hard work? <laughs> well, thank you very much. And I do uh, remember 12 Bridges. It's a beautiful area. Uh, I'm sure it has exploded by now. But when we played, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say it was out in the middle of nowhere. But the, <laughs> the wildlife, I remember, was just, I mean, there was turkeys. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff um, out there. But, it, yeah, I mean, I... As you know, I mean, to, to get anywhere in life, whether, you know, you're a doctor, a lawyer, a golfer, or, you know, journalist, or just, um, you know, if you want to be good at something, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes discipline and focus. And I mean, I would say that, you know, when it comes to my swing, I'm, you know, I've, I've put a lot of hours into it, as you said, uh, a lot of repetition, a lot of just grinding back and forth. But I think what makes my swing, you know, functional is I have very few moving parts you know it kind of works together you know sometimes I mean it looks effortless obviously it doesn't always feel like that um as you know it's a game of golf um but uh, you know I've been able to repeat my swing under pressure quite well because it, I don't you know don't have too many moving parts where timing is is you know it, of course, it's crucial, but I was able to time it quite well. And so, you know, if I look at my swing throughout the years, I mean, it really, you know, overall, it really hasn't changed. I have fine-tuned it. I've tried to make it a little bit more, you know, effective. I've tried to, you know, build up strength to to increase the speed and, you know, to really have some more power. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, um, you know, I notice now that, you know, I don't, I play, but not as much as obviously not intense. I, I feel like I can still play the game because I still don't have a lot of moving parts. So, uh, but the distance have kind of, you know, uh, it's not there, but that's just the reality of life. So, but thank you. Yeah, no, I've been, I would say my, my strength has always been my, you know, my, my swing and mostly my irons. I hit a lot of fairways. I hit a lot of greens. So, you know, just, um, stayed away from big numbers kind of helped. <laughs> Yeah, that's always that's always a good thing to do, obviously, for any golfer at any level. Um, I know you, you retired for a little bit. You've come out of retirement in part because of your your, your son and the chance to be able to play with him and, and being back at a senior tour. And, and then, of course, here in Northern California, where you have lived, uh, playing in the American Century Championship the last few years. I, I wanted to ask you what that experience is, is like playing with all the celebrity stars who are actually really good golfers. 
uh, most of them on the male side and, and what it's like specifically teeing up on 17 over the weekend with all the boats and people out there on, on the Lake Tahoe. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is, uh, I mean, talk about a celebration, talk about a, you know, a festive environment and atmosphere. And I, you know, I've been lucky to play in a few of them. And I remember in the beginning, it was only like the 17th hole that had, you know, all the music and, you know, all the activities. But now it seems like it's a lot of the holes, you know, there's a lot of, you know, partying going around and uh, which is what makes that tournament so special. You know, they have record crowds. It's, you know, Lake Tahoe is, you know, beautiful um, any time of the year, but especially that time of the year when you have people coming up on their boats and just, you know, bringing that, you know, the Tahoe field to it. And like you said, I mean, these athletes, these actors, you know, celebrities in general, I mean, they are really good golfers. I mean, they some of them play more than I do. I mean, they play 18, 36 a day, and they have swing coaches. And, I mean, the mannerisms is just like, wow. I remember the first few times I played with them, I said, I thought this guy was, you know, a baseball player. He looks more like he's ready for, you know, the tour. Um, of course, they are, you know, you know, they're tall, they're strong. And some of them, I mean, they're just so powerful. Um, and it's just amazing to play with them. And in the beginning, I wanted to kind of keep up. And of course, I've, I've learned I can't keep up with these 334 yards drives and just kind of focus on, you know, fairway greens for me. They do make mistakes here and there. But, you know, sometimes they stand there with a driver and a pitching wedge on a par five. And you're like, how can I compete against that? But, um, I mean, I know I do have done this for a living. So I guess we kind of even even it out then because many of them are younger. But I really enjoyed it you know, playing in that the few times I've done it, they're very respectful for the game and they know so much about it. I mean, you can just pick any, um, you know, football player that, you know, they practice rounds and, you know, they would just say, you know, um, show me how to chip or, you know, so many of them, basketball players just say, how do you have touch and what do you think about, you know, Tony Romo or, you know, anybody that you have watched out there, they're, they're students of the game, and I love that. They want to continue to get better, uh, which is really cool. We're talking with Annika Sorenstam here on the Golf to Go Radio Hour. And um, Annika, you're great friends with Peter Jacobson, and, and he is the host of, of the Langley coming up uh, here in Northern California, where you're going to be honored uh, not only for your pro professional career, but also for uh, – all your efforts in support of uh, worldwide charities. And you have your own Annika Foundation, which we're going to talk about in a bit. But how does it make you feel to, uh, to support PGA Hope uh, and the veterans and be with your friend Peter Jacobson? Well, it's, uh, I mean, you know, Peter, Peter is just, uh, what a quality guy, what a fun guy, just, you know, energetic. And he's, you know, he's just done a great job in kind of his next career of commentating and emceeing and hosting. So he's just fun around to be around and of course to be recognized at uh, at a place like you know pebble beach out there with you know it's just uh, very special so um yeah it's um feel fortunate i'm bringing my family to be able to share this moment uh, they're going to get a chance to play pebble beach it's uh, a bucket list for them i've been lucky to play a few times but i would say that every time i go i'm excited as well and now to be able to share it with them so um you know i think golf is just an amazing sport in so many ways, the way it gives back to charities, to, you know, just recognizing people that have done, you know, uh, something special in the sport. It's just, it's so, um, 
I mean, it makes you proud, right? I mean, to be in a sport where we can do these things and be give back and be thankful. So uh, here's another one of those moments. I mean, of, of course, it's, you know, I'm being recognized, but I would, it's not necessarily about me. It's more about, you know, Mr. Lange, what he did and, and the people that are being part of it and having a good time at the same time to, you know, kind of uh, pay it forward in a way. That's what I um, makes me more proud than anything. And, and, and certainly that's, uh, as you say, that's, that's kind of the thread that runs through the game of golf and, and for the people that, that have never had a chance to tee it up and, and don't quite understand the game. Um, that's, that's so much a, a, a rich part of it, uh, is, is the relationships and, and what you do for each other and, and the moments off the golf course. So, uh, so you are certainly well worthy of, of, of the recognition. Um, you know, Scott alluded to you, uh, you know, uh, your, your, your son and your daughter and, um, and, and um, the, the notion that uh, they had never seen you play. And, and so you teed it up in the U.S. Uh, Senior Women's Open so they could, uh, you know, have a, have a chance to see you play. What, 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 what was that like? Um, what was the difference in, in having your, your children watch you play as, as before you had the children? Yeah, I mean, I play for a different purpose nowadays. I mean, it, before it was, you know, growing up and creating a career and, and, you know, you know, building a, a name for myself. Now it's more about sharing it with family, sharing with my loved ones. And, um, you know, it's just uh, for them to see the hard work that I, you know, that I put in recently because our son has been with me doing all this. Um, and then I'll see my husband on the bag and, and our daughter Ava supporting me in different ways. Uh, it just means a lot more, but I want them to see what it takes to, you know, hard work and discipline and focus what it can take you in your life. And I want that to, you know, this, to see that, but hopefully inspire not just my kids, but others to, you know, fulfill, follow your dreams and do what you enjoy doing. So I think, you know, the purpose of me playing now is a lot different than it was. So. Boy, and all of that certainly comes through in, in, in you know, referring back to the uh, to the documentary becoming Annika. I mean, your 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 relationship with your children and your husband and, and your family is just it's so strong and it's it's such a warm story. And again, I would encourage anybody to uh, to make sure they see it. The Annika Foundation uh, is something of also you're very, very proud of. Where did where did the idea of a foundation come about? And uh, and, and what what is the purpose? Well, the, the purpose or, you know, the, the idea just came. I knew I was re- somewhat stepping away from the game and I wanted to give back and uh, to say thank you to the sport in whatever way I could do that. And so what I thought is, well, why not do something that I know know a little bit about? And that's uh, competition, worldwide competition for, for young girls. And so we started to create, um, you know, tournaments around the world. And it was a, a way to just, again, to give back. And we wanted to make sure that we went to areas around the world that, you know, I have played or where I think we can grow the game. So, you know, 14 years later now, we have seven global tournaments. We start in the U.S., we have China, we have Europe, we have Latin America, we have New Zealand. And then also we have a college tournament. And these are events that we put together yearly. Um, I go to all of them. And then we have 
initiatives called Share My Passion, which is a three-day clinic for younger girls ages 6 to 12, and they have to write a letter um, why they enjoy golf so much, and it's more the fundamentals. We do a fitness station, a healthy lunch, and I do a clinic with these young girls, and uh, we also give away a college um, an award, you know, um, sponsored by Stiefel, which is to the best Division One female golfer, and just to inspire them as well. So we try to, you know, we reach over 600 girls a year. We have donated over eight, $8 million to junior golf the last, you know, 14 years. And many of them have gone on to play LPGA. We have several, uh, over 200 that play on the Epson Tour nowadays. So we're super excited to see kind of the growth. And you can imagine 14 years. I mean, I've seen the quarters play on our event go up there and, um, you know, I've seen, you know, Danielle Kang and I've seen many of the stars that have doing well now, Allison Lee and going up to place, you know, Soham Cup. And it's just, it's really, really cool to see that and follow their path. And, and it inspires me as much as uh, inspires them at that age, because I love being with them and sharing my stories and my, you know, hopefully my expertise will help them. You know, the, the, the numbers that stick out to me is the $8 million that the foundation has given back to junior golf. That's a, that's a remarkable number. And, and the fact that, um, uh, of the Annika alumni, um, 87 players currently have LPGA cards. That's remarkable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's done really well. I mean, as you know, uh, Girls Junior Golf has done well. We have doubled in participation rate the last 15 years. We started with 17% of all juniors were girls, and now it's at 34. So we really increased it. Um, and that's, you know, going to continue to do that. Um the foundation certainly has to has to mean a great deal to you, and and I applaud you for not only the notion but for what you're doing um, for for junior golf. As you say, the uh, girls' junior golf is is the is the fastest growing um, segment in in golf right now, and uh, the uh, it's certainly due in in great part to to people like you. It's it's to Nancy Lopez. It's to it's to you know, it's it's the golf in general. Um, sort of the uh, the lure of the game has changed, and um, and what we're finding is that uh, that the young girls are in many cases better athletes than the boys, at least at at that age. So it's it's kind of fun to see that competition, to see them enjoying the game, and and to see them, you know, eventually maybe even doing their part. Who knows what foundations they might start? You know, it, it all starts with. Uh, with just a little notion and, and, um, you know, so appreciate you, you know, have, having your spot in it and, and, and leaving a legacy behind as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, um, we're going to let you go here in a minute. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here, but, um, um, you, 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 uh, you were doing your part to save the bees as well, which I, which I thought was an interesting notion. Uh, Arnold Palmer has his Arnold Palmer and I guess Jack Nicholas has, has something. And, um, and Annika Sorenstam has a company called fizzy bees, which, uh, which is kind of, kind of a, it has more to do with a, a description of you, I guess, huh? Yeah, well, it's uh, it started during COVID. Actually, my husband and I we were making drinks, and um, we came up with a, a formula for full flavor sparkling classic cocktails. There was a lot of what they call ready to drink out there, which is a you know a, a alcoholic drink in a in a can. But they were either 
just had no flavor. It felt like you were drinking sparkling water or you picked one up and it had so much flavor and so many calories and so much sugar. And I told my husband, there has to be something in between. And so, you know, during COVID, when there was not that much to do, we, we finalized the kitchen formula and it's a, it's a vodka based drink with real fruit juices and sweetened with organic honey. And um, we, once COVID kind of, you know, opened up, we invited some friends to try and they said, well, I think you have something here. So we ended up taking our kitchen formula to a commercialized formula and then we hired a marketing company and then we started to can February 3rd this year and now we're selling in Ohio and Tennessee. And so it's kind of like, you never know what comes out of pandemics. I've never been in one, but we created this business and and it's kind of taken over a little bit. And, um, you know, we created the Fizzy Bee Promise, which is giving back to bees, which is the, what I'm mostly excited about. We're already giving away uh, donation to a, uh, you know, known profit organizations to help them with the bees. And um, as you know, bees are important in our ecosystem. So we're trying to to give back and make sure that we're our business is uh, sustainable in different ways. So it's been really exciting. I mean, we're trying to get into other states. We're knocking on the door in California and Nevada and hope to be out there soon. Incredible. You know, well done. Scott, any final thoughts before we let Annika go? Yeah, yeah you know, just, just one thing, thing like, I, I just wanted, wanted to get your reflections, your thoughts. Obviously, the big news in sports this week has been the announcement by Serena Williams for retiring, you know, and just her unmatched career in tennis. And she mentioned, you know, that it's time to turn her attention to family. And I just wondered if her news brought any back, uh, any reflections of a similar time in your life and what you might think about a similar start in another sport in her announcement. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate Serena on a tremendous uh, career. I mean, she has been a trailblazer in so many ways. And, you know, her longevity in her sport is just very, you know, impressive in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I watched her play, obviously, being a tennis past tennis player and, and a female athlete. You know, we watched her many, many times. And, you know, she's done incredible things for women, for sports. And, you know, I mean, every everything comes to an end eventually. And, and I think in her, in her case, I mean, she already has all these other interests and businesses and she's a mother and a wife. And um, I mean, I can relate to a lot of what, what she's going through and, and um, I hope she continues with that passion and continue to make a difference and inspire others. So, you know, thank you, Serena, for the memories and what you've done and keep on going. Well, thank you, Annika, for the memories and, and everything that you've done and, and, um, and will continue to do. Uh, I look forward to, uh, to catching up with you again next week at the Langley, and we'll sit down with a video camera this time and, and do another quick interview uh, for that foundation. But uh, uh, your success on the golf course, your success with your family, your success with your foundation is unmatched and, and certainly um, is, is, is enviable to, to many of us. Appreciate your time. Appreciate uh, you being with us, and uh, and and thank you so much. Of course, likewise. Thank you very much, and take care. All right. Bye bye, Annika Sorenstam. Bye bye. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports, eleven forty. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank Larosa. Scott, I don't know about you, but I feel honored having had Annika Sorenstam on the Golf to Go Radio Hour. What a what an incredible pleasure she was to have on the show. Uh, just amazing. And Frank, the, the Golf to Go Hour and the platform you've built 
the talk with golf has been amazing. And when somebody like Annika Sorenstam will spend a half hour uh, just talking with us, it's pretty amazing. You know, she is going to be uh, in town for the uh, for the Langley, which happens at uh, Pebble Beach. This is I think this is the 13th or 14th edition. And this was named after Jim Langley, who was the 34 year head professional at Cypress Point. And I remember at the beginning uh, interviewing Jim, um, who, who did not. He did not uh, enjoy being interviewed, but uh, somehow we had a you know, we had a a bit of a relationship and it was okay. But uh, Jim said, um, I'm not sure that anybody will know what a Langley is. And, uh, you know, all these years later, Arnold Palmer knew and Jack Nicholas knows and Tom Watson and Billy Casper and uh, Sandy Tatum. And, and the list just goes on and on and on. And this year, of course, it was Annika Sorenstam and, 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 uh, and Huey Lewis. And it's all uh, to support PGA Hope which uh, is a, um, a program of, of the PGA that, uh, that helps uh, veterans uh, kind of uh, reintroduce, reintroduce them to, to the, the real world, whether they have uh, physical or emotional uh, issues. It's, uh, it's basically a rehab uh, program uh, through golf that, um, that gets them back and, and very, very dramatic stories of veterans that, um, that you know, will will tell you how much the game of golf means to them and, and how much the program has meant to them. So it's, uh, it's really uh, rewarding to me and certainly to, to folks like Annika and, and Huey and, and Jack Nicholas to be able to support this kind of a program. Wow. Well, it was certainly very special talking to Annika. And you know how special that event is when you have the world's elite golfers showing up at uh, one of the world's best golf courses to to uh, raise money for the tremendous cause. And it's just going to be an absolutely uh, great next few days for you, Frank. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, not, not only to, you know, to get to Pebble Beach, but uh, kind of to beat the Sacramento heat for a couple of days as well. So uh, <laughs> that's a good idea too. I will come back with stories, Scott, on the next, I can't uh, wait. on the next golf to go radio hour. Uh, this is Frank LaRosa, Scott Marsh. Uh, thanks for being with us, and uh, this is Sackdown Sports 1140. See you next time down the road.